Welcome into the first fall edition of the Redbird Report. I'm sports editor Mike Mara, joined by my co-editor Nate Head, and we've got a show for you today. We've, we're going to talk about football. We had the annual red-white game on Saturday. We have a Christian Gibbs feature coming out in tomorrow's paper, so we'll talk a little bit about Christian. And then we have ISU soccer to talk about, currently 0-1-1 on the season and two big games this weekend. And then obviously everyone's buying into the hype. Connor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather face off on Saturday night. So we'll dip, we'll dive away from ISU athletics and go into the fight team. But first, let me bring in my partner, Nate. Nate, how was your summer now that we're finally back on campus? Man, it was a great summer. Uh, it was really nice seeing a lot of you know friends from the hometown. Uh, but it's nice to be back. You know, I'm locked in, and uh, it's great seeing everybody around the office. So let's just get right into it. Football had their red-white game on Saturday night. I know I was there, and you know it was it was different. It was it was weird to see the first and second stringer. So they started off with the first string offense against the second string defense. The second string defense put away the first string offense in the first drive. And then it was just flip-flop. The first string defense played the second string offense. And really, those two went toe-to-toe all afternoon. Most of the 24 points came from the third stringer or behind. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, it was different to see that. But the one thing that I'm going to confirm, and I know we've talked about it all all summer and, you know, briefly here into the fall, even though it's the fall semester. Still, I guess we're in summer, but into the fall semester is that this Redbird defense is going to be really, really good. Yeah, Mike, I think the defense uh, really is going to be the strong suit of this Redbird football team. Um, obviously, they'll be led by, you know, Devontae Harris, uh, Al Kakor and uh, Dalton Keene but in that spring game uh, another guy you know caught my eye and I, and I think he caught uh, coach Spax uh, you know Dex Cavier uh, apologize for the pronunciation but um, Dex Cavier Kelly Martin you know really kind of shined in this spring game uh, you know he racked up four tackles and had two sacks and uh, three of those tackles were for loss so you know obviously there's going to be a big three on the defense but if they can get any kind of you know contribution from um you know second stringers or just other guys on the unit um i think that will just make them you know even even better yeah i mean that's not even to mention the guys on the defense like adam conley mm-hmm. matt mcgowan and, and brandon barry i mean this redbird defense is stacked and and, and the thing is is at media day, I remember we were talking about it. Coach Spack had said that he thinks the the offense is going to be what leads this team, and mm-hmm. you know, I I guess that's our job is to maybe agree or disagree. I'm going to disagree. I really think that the defense is going to be what you know drives this team to a championship, whether it's a Missouri Valley championship, a national championship, or you know just the playoffs, whatever it may be. Wherever this team goes, the defense is going to drive them that way. But you know what I mean? If Spack says that the offense is going to be the strong suit of this team, you know he sees them every day in practice. We don't. We get to see them on game days and whatever open practices they have. So you know I'm interested to see. And these are guys. You know obviously we go out and we see the red white game and you know. We're pretty much seeing it, you know, a glorified practice, if you will, because, you know, all they're doing is they're playing in front of people now instead of, you know, during their normal practice time. That's who they normally practice against. So these are guys they're seeing day in and day out. It's it's going to be a little bit different when you get another team in front of you. And, I, and you know, obviously college football and high school football are no, no, not even close to being the same thing, especially at this level. But, you know, that was always, you know, the kind of thing when I was back playing high school football was, hey, you know what, once we get to week one and there's somebody else in front of you, it's a whole different ball game. And, and so, you know, what, maybe this, this, this offense is going to go out 
out and shine uh, when Butler steps in front of him. And I, and I think they will, but we'll get into our Butler ISU preview a little bit later in this week and a little bit later next week um, as that game is September 2nd under the lights at Hancock Stadium. And be sure to catch your halftime fireworks. Hmm. But, uh, you know, now we're just going to transition over to one of those ISU football players, Christian Gibbs. And, Nate, I know you saw the story already that uh, that I had r- wrote up. But, you know, what did you think uh, f- of Christian after reading through that story a little bit? Well, I, I definitely learned a lot about Christian. Um, this is going to be his fourth year uh, on the team. And unlike many uh, Redbirds, he did not redshirt his freshman year. Uh, he's primarily used on the special teams. Uh, actually, a, a little note in there is that Spack pref- would have preferred to redshirt him his freshman year. But anyways, um, he's one of the most experienced guys on the team. Um, you know, he had really solid numbers last year, of course, behind, uh, you know, Anthony Warham uh, in the receiving uh, core. But, yeah, I think he's primed to, you know, lead this uh, offense in terms of receiving. I, I think he's going to be uh, really solid. And I, I learned a lot about him, you know, off the field. So, you know, you had a chance to, you know, speak to him a little bit, Mike. Uh, kind of what stood out to you? Honestly, just how humble he was. You know, you, you, talk, you ask him questions about you know stats or anything like that, and you know, it, it, it didn't seem like it meant much. You know, the one thing that you know, and the quote is in the paper, but uh, you know, the one thing that means a lot to him is winning a championship and, and winning a Missouri Valley Conference championship. So, winning the conference title and the national title is really all he's focused on. But another thing that he said that that you know didn't find its way into the story was something that makes this team special, um, and that's simply just the fact that they're a super close-knit group of guys, um, which you kind of see in football more so than other sports, not to say that in other sports you're not close-knit. But, you know, he said, really, this is a bunch of guys that have really great camaraderie, really enjoy each other's company, and and that's the thing that you need. Um, But he said that the one thing that makes this team special is maybe they might be just a little bit closer. And that's kind of what you need when you get into those dog days in November when, you know, you're either grinding for a playoff spot or you're just grinding and to make the playoffs, make sure everybody's in you know tip-top performance, getting ready for the playoffs. So you know, I, I I really enjoyed talking with Christian. I know after talking with Coach Back, he said that through the three years that he's had Christian on the team so far, he's really noticed a a, a lot of maturity as far as his work ethic. Um, you know, he, as a football player, he said his hand skills have gotten better, his ball skills, his you know his footwork. He said everything he's doing is a lot better. And there's actually one play that Coach Back pointed out that. Uh, that kind of stood out to him that Christian had made uh, in, uh, in in the spring or in not the spring game in the red white scrimmage uh, a week ago was a ball that was thrown to his outside. It was outside the numbers, um, and it was just the hand placement. He said, you know, and, and when I was talking to him, you know, Spack was showing me the hand work and the hand movement that you know that that was required to make that play. And he just said, you know, two years ago he said that's a play that you know a younger Christian Gibbs isn't going to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know now if that ball's put there, he trusts that Christian. Is going to go ahead and bring that ball down. But please, by all means, check out that story tomorrow. It'll be online. It'll be in tomorrow's paper. Pick up a paper, read online. But we're not done yet. We're going to transition over to that ISU soccer team who didn't have the greatest opening weekend. They started at Eastern Michigan on Friday night. They took a tie. They tied 1-1. And then they came home on Sunday afternoon to host number 23 Northwestern and took a 3-0 loss. And, Nate, I know we watched that game. You know, what did you see out of the Redbirds? Well, you know, first off, um, I saw, you know, a definite uh, lack of scoring. Um, 
you know, obviously just looking at the scoreboard, you can you can look and say, you know, it was a 3-0 game, you know, they must have got blown out. And, uh, you know, that wasn't the case. Um, you know, it went to halftime 1-0 to Northwestern. And, you know, the Redbirds were actually uh, really close to getting on the board. I believe in the, you know, near the 20th minute, they had a corner kick that uh, Abby Joyce, I believe, put off the, uh, the crossbar. So, you know, if that one, you know, if just a inch over – that could change the whole complexion of the game, uh, especially in soccer. To you know, take the first goal uh, going into halftime definitely you know changes the you know atmosphere and environment of the game. Um, at home, I heard there was a really good turnout in terms of fans. So, you know, a tough start for uh, the Redbird soccer team, but um, I expect them to be you know really good this season. And uh, you know, they have another weekend this weekend to uh, you know try to put the train back on the tracks. That's exactly where I was headed next, Nate. They travel. To St. Louis, who is 2-0-0 on the season. They travel to St. Louis Friday night with a, for a matchup with the Billikens. And then on Sunday, they come back home and face in-state rival, uh, as I like to call him, the little brother hmm. to Illinois State, uh, U of I, the Illinois Fighting Illini, who are 1-1-0 on the season. And, you know, it, it's going to be – that that's a big weekend. And, you know, it's 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 early on. Obviously, it's only everybody's third and fourth game so far this season. But, I mean, those, those are kind of big games. So, you know, those are ones that you might want to circle, especially because – St. Louis, who's two and zero, and I believe they're they've outscored opponents six to nothing so far. So that's going to be a true testament here early on. I mean, as if Northwestern wasn't already a testament. Mm-hmm. Now you're going back to back games, and then you have U of I, who obviously you can't get up for you know a little in-state rivalry. Yeah. I, you know, there might be a problem there. Mm-hmm. But so we'll see how they do. Two games. Check out all the soccer coverage from the Vedette this weekend. But now we transition into Saturday night, and I know I'm excited. I know we've. Had and many conversations yeah. about it. Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match in Las Vegas. I'm not gonna lie. I, <laughs> I, I I'm not gonna pay you know like twelve hundred dollars what the cheapest ticket was, but I kind of wish I could see this one in person. Man, twelve hundred. I. I that probably gets you maybe on you know hanging from the rafters but uh you know i'm really looking forward to it um even more so than i was looking forward to that mayweather and uh pacquiao one um in terms of predictions man i gotta go with money may uh, you know hasn't lost yet uh, i i don't see him losing to a you know a fighter that's not even familiar with uh, boxing i know he's been sparring you know of course and training you know rigorously throughout uh these last couple months but yeah i gotta go to floyd uh in terms of expectations you know i'm no boxing expert but if if it makes it past you know like the third or fourth round um i'd give the you know definite advantage to floyd even more than you know i already do because i feel that if mcgregor is going to steal a win here and it would be a steal of a win if you just look at the vegas odds he's you know incredibly um, and an underdog, but you know, I think if McGregor comes out and you know maybe lands, uh, you know he's gonna come out wild, just like his personality, I'm sure. And if you know if he can land, you know a knockout punch, you know you never know. But I feel like Floyd's gonna dance him around a little bit and you know finesse him a little bit. Yeah, yeah I'm going, I'm going the opposite way, and, and we've talked about this right. quite a bit. And I'm getting, you know, everybody's gonna lay into me a little bit because everybody already has. I'm going McGregor. I'm going the upset. I don't know what it is. You know, when you look at who Floyd has fought in the past, McGregor's just bigger, mm-hmm. stronger, and has a bigger reach. I mean, 
Floyd is not the tallest guy. Not that McGregor is, but he's yeah. he's tall. He's he's bigger mm-hmm. than Floyd Mayweather is, and that's and you kind of hit on it too. He's wild. Yeah. He's a wild. He's a wild. He's a wild man. Mm-hmm. So all I'm going to say is he's going to come out swinging, and I think if he lands one or two of those, I mean, I, I don't give. I don't think Floyd's going to be ready for that. I mean, there. I've been following you know the hype to this fight like crazy, but uh, they were talking to. I was I was watching ESPN and they were talking about uh, somebody did an interview with Floyd Senior, and they said you know has, has you know has Floyd Junior has your son prepped is he is he really trained for this fight and they said he's trained enough to win and so he 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 hasn't from an inside source obviously Mm -hmm. we don't know how true that is that could also just be all talk but from an inside source they said that floyd is kind of just training to get by so he could kind of get in there Mm -hmm. get his w and walk out get his paycheck of course too but i i I don't know i think i think mcgregor is going to go in there and i think he's i don't i think he's going to knock him out in five Mm. i'm going knockout in five i'm going knockout in five i don't know what it is also i don't know if you've seen many of these press conferences but man they'll have you laughing yeah they've been some true (laughs) entertainment those things i've never seen press conferences like that no they'll have you laughing so that's my prediction i'm going mcgregor knockout in five okay i'll take floyd and eight i'll give mcgregor eight all right uh, yeah should be interested uh, definitely looking forward to it. They can have my money. Uh, you know, I'll pay whatever to watch this. Yeah, I, I'm not missing this one. I know we talked about it. We're trying to figure out where we're going to watch this mm-hmm. thing. But, yeah, I, this thing's – you want to talk about a time to pay and pay – pay for or work for pay-per-view mm-hmm. this weekend's one of them this would be it whether you're working in vegas or working for pay-per-view you're making a big big bucks this yep. weekend but that's all we got on this edition of the Redbird report please check out our paper that is coming out tomorrow whatever newsstand or restaurant you have to get to go grab it please pick it up give us your feedback do whatever you have to do reach out to us we're open to anything but for the for this edition of the Redbird Report, I'm Mike Mara, and for Nate Head, goodbye.